Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. Check, check, one, two, one, two, coming in strong. Amazing. Alaska, I'm perfect. Okay, chat's telling me we're, we're up and ready to go. Guys, welcome to Grim After Dark, where we bring you the latest Unreal news and unqualified analysis from the grim darkness of the far future. I'm your host, John, and I'm going to be guiding you through the tumultuous events um, of the 41st millennium and beyond in the last week. Whether you're a seasoned veteran of the tabletop or a newbie to the hobby, we've got something for everyone from the absurd to the absurdly absurd. We're going to explore the rich lore and diverse factions of Warhammer 40,000 uh, with a healthy dose of humor and irreverence. So grab your dice, assemble your miniatures. It's going to get pretty grim after dark. Joining me on the show is my good friend and fellow Warhammer fanatic, it's Danny McDevitt. Danny brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table, having played and painted countless armies over the years. He's also a master strategist, always coming up with creative and unexpected tactics on the battlefield. Uh, don't let his formidable skills deceive you, though. He's a huge goofball. We have a blast poking fun at the ridiculousness of the hobby and the universe that we love. Um, so let's give a warm welcome to Danny. And guys... I'm going to cut that down, but oh, AI bots here to stay, guys. <laughs> do, you need, do you need to take a drink of water, man? Like, are, are no, you, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Oh, hey, yeah. hey, there yeah. you go. Yeah. You love mm -hmm. to see it. Um, yeah, John, happy to be here tonight. I'm excited to talk about some some things. Um, yeah. So many things. There's so, so many, many good things, things tonight to talk about. Yeah, there is. Well, joining us on the show as well as our resident comedy genius and all-around Warhammer enthusiast. It's Valerie Heffelfinger. And then Val's knuckle deep in LVO. We're going to go into that in a little bit here. Mm. Um, but the biggest news and our first topic for this week is going to be Adepticon. Uh, again, AI told us this is something that's been on our minds for a while. And we're really excited to discuss it with all of you. Uh, Adepticon is a tabletop gaming convention that takes place in Illinois in the United States. It is one of the largest tabletop gaming con conventions in the country and attracts thousands of attendees from around the world. And every year, attendees wait anxiously for this email, uh, reminding them that registration opens today, and that they can sign up for one of the hardest-to-get tickets in Wargaming. And when they click any of these links, they are greeted with this screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, I mean, guys, you know, yeah. I want to say I put like a good 15 minutes of work into that right there. Uh, well, let's look at this though. Like I, I, I think yeah. I, I, I didn't sir, I didn't do any service to this bit because there is a lot of Windows dying sounds that really needed to be added in here. The uh, the shutdown sound from Windows 95 that like boom sound. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of opportunities here for production that I, I just let the game down. A Windows ME startup sound. That, that's usually a good sign as well. Um, but. I like the flames. Regardless, yeah, that's an important part of that. Yeah, it's everything's on fire, um, but the Adepticon logo behind saying this is fine, uh, yeah. this is all good. But in modern years, anyway, at least the past few, Adepticon has just kind of grown in popularity every year mm -hmm. uh, with tabletop gaming. And we want to preface this discussion by saying that we love Adepticon as an event. It's fantastic. It's run by a great group of people. Uh, there's some great tournaments on the go. Uh, I've never been personally. I can never get a ticket because that's the screen I always see. But um, why do you guys think there's such a problem uh, with the Adepticon sign-up process? Oh. Well, John, that's simple. The tickets are as scarce as the terrain. Uh, oh! 
Where's that zinger production noise? I'm pretty... <laughs> yeah, the uh, the emergency take the watermark off the podcast uh, button. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know they're they're pretty pop pretty popular. Old. I mean, you don't bring down an entire ticketing website if you're not a popular event, which is which is what happened. Old C event just uh, just. Took a turn for the worse there when they went on sale. It was like it was like uh, big numbers they were doing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, mean, this is like Adepticon is like the LVO for like the more casual crowd. I would say like it's like the big it's the big event of the year. They have lots of painting. They have more painting competitions, like more casual style events that you can play in in other games. So it's it's, it's the open play. Of, yeah, uh, conventions. Which is well, totally yeah. good. Like, I support that method of play. If you want to do that, that's cool. First of all, there's the international uh, hobby pageant, uh, Mr. Hobby USA, dress uh, up which is the, the, the team tournament, which is actually, like, sounds super fun. Super and cool. just, it's actually incredible how much effort every single, not probably not every single, but a lot of teams put into going to mm-hmm. that. And these are teams also that have been going for, like, 10 15 years to do the team tournament so like i mean i i've been going to lvo for like six or seven years i guess and Mm -hmm. like i can only imagine like just how far back a lot of the good times go for adepticon folks so also particularly frustrating if you are one of those people and you can't uh, get in because of uh, a real website snafu but technology failing the grimdark yet again it's almost it's a bit on the nose at this point that That you know, we we would be uh, beholden to technology that is too arcane for us to understand, and has Just, such a um, such a massive even, impact on our lives. True. To even out the zingers, could you say that Adepticon's ticketing was brought to you by the people who brought you the best coast pairing servers in 2019 <laughs> <laughs> or 2020? One little company. That. Hey, you know, we're taking shots at people. Let's just add AWS. I mean, it's not like they've got any resources. Sure, that's good. Let's 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 pick on AWS too. Good stuff. Love it. Love it. Good to go. Um, Danny, do you think uh, this? There's sort of like this is a scarcity by design because this is one of the hottest tickets for more gaming. It all, like every year sells out within 20, 30 minutes. They stay at the same venue and have made mention that they are going to stay at that same venue regardless. Yeah, there's probably a threshold where you don't feel like you want to grow the event more because you don't maybe want to put, you know, like the extra manpower and like resources into like maintaining a larger event and also moving spaces. It's probably really comfortable for them to kind of keep the same size event every year. Um, It's Mm. just unfortunate that their demand is so high, like they don't really care. I mean, they just if they sell out in 25 minutes. This is like an assured thing. There's no risk or anything like that. They know exactly what to expect. So, mm-hmm. I mean, also, I mean, Adepticon, one of the oldest oh, yeah. uh, tournaments and 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 cons that we have. So, I think it's only appropriate that they, uh, you know, uphold one of our oldest values, which is gatekeeping. And I mean, they do just <laughs> they do just such a fantastic job. Uh, is this Adepticon twenty? maybe i don't know i don't know well, i will we have say to bring up the very scary image again to find out pull it up pull um, up. let's look behind all of okay. the layers <laughs> um, uh, it's actually not on there actually it's, it's been going for 17 years <clears throat> 17 it's almost years. like someone just googled adepticon logo png and transported that across but i don't know who would have done that um chat coming in uh with a very timely reference says taylor swift taught us nothing 
the Adepticon ticketing fiasco is uh, the Wargaming World Taylor Swift ticket sale fiasco. Uh, just as popular, just as good to go. Val, do you see do you see Adepticon ever changing or moving or, or attempting that final little bit of growth? And what would happen if they did? Well, first of all, I mean, like I've I have no idea uh, on the uh, you know, inner workings of Adepticon. It's it's uh, they don't have a podcast, so there's no way for me to weasel my way into their inner circle. Um, so you know, it's a black box as far as I'm concerned. Uh, hobbyists go in and uh, happy happy people with neat cosplay costumes come out uh that's that's all i really know uh but to be honest connected. with you you know <laughs> look we've covered the furries in detail and i am just i'm just i'm not down for kicking the furries anymore okay that's fair. you just leave them alone Val, um, very pro furry i'm not you know, just come on just you know i'm just not throwing stones in my incredibly glass house okay you know <laughs> like i got things i got stuff oh, do you i wear i got i wear dumb glasses and like most of the time, I forget to wear them. It looks so, like I take myself seriously. Look, are you the point I was trying equating, to make is that? Can I just ask real quick? Are you equating to these glasses? Wearing a pair of sunglasses is equal to wearing a full fur suit and pretending to be an animal. That's the argument. Hey, where am I on the food chain here? Okay, like there, I'm, perhaps, perhaps <laughs> it might be. It might okay. be. Okay. Careful, Sorry, they're turning these into TikToks now. Let's not get me. Let's not get me destroyed on the TikToks. Oh um, yeah, guys, guys. Before Val continues, FLGs on TikTok now because the Chinese government wants to know about gaming. But <laughs> right now, the number one viewed video in Frontline Gaming's TikTok is Travis Camilleri. And yeah, the it's too bad. The show yeah, is legitimately just. It is legitimately structured in a way to turn into crappy little videos from a crappy long video. I need you to go to Frontline Gaming's TikTok. And instantly correct that. I don't care which one. They're all pretty bad for Grim, but just one of them. Make it more popular. Foul. Sorry. Oh, no. I was I was having a, a lot of, like, a very hard time making a point. And the point is just, I don't know why Adepticon doesn't get a bigger venue. Maybe they got a sweet deal and they don't feel the need yeah. to. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it's 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 their event. It's, it'd be great if more people could participate. But if it's not in the cards, I, I, don't, I don't have a good answer for you. Not everyone Perfect. is obsessed with endless growth. And world domination, like our friends mm -hmm. at Frontline Gaming, who sponsor this show, yeah. and uh, actually tickets for the BIO went on sale. I believe is something we're supposed really? to be really. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. today. I, that's awesome. I have a, now, there's an event that's a, grown in size. I have a marketing message <laughs> later about something else, but sure, BIO tickets on sale today. Kicker, very excited. I got four notifications uh, about that wow. uh, event coming in. Yeah. Did, you, did, did we mention that BAO tickets, the Bay Area Open, the, 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 the granddaddy event of competitive tournaments anyway, uh, is, is, is there. Are we allowed to say that? Mm -hmm. Nova still goes on, right? Well, let's stick That's to it, tournaments well. we care about. So, like, the... Uh, hey, we're going to talk about that later. Everybody, we're, we're taking them all. That's, them yeah. All. Nobody's spared. You can win a giant... <laughs> Like Space Wolf Belt of Rust, if you win BAO, that's the prize for that, right? Yeah. Belt of Rust, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you email Reese after buying your ticket and say you got it because of Grim After Dark, he'll be very confused uh, and ask Val if he needs commentary help. Uh, so, 
<laughs> Most frequent guest star of Grim After Dark, though, and Adepticon stalwart Evan Valdyke shared his experience with Adepticon in this completely sane series of messages. Oh, no, I thought He's I got done. us off of this. Okay, go ahead. This is the last one here. It's going to make fun. It's going to make a little fun of our friend Evan um, as we felt his emotions oh, in this journey of him attempting to buy a ticket. Uh, these were very like closely after each other, and it's... Uh, every message down is a degrading of ticket to a lower level. Um, yeah. Hopefully you got one there, buddy. Good times. It, it's particularly it's particularly hurtful because of the very clearly marked top fan badge that he's earned. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Val yeah. is trying to get us off Adapticon. Anyway, uh, this seems like as good a time as any uh, to mention this next slide here. Um, that's... Oh yeah! Speaking the of gaming that could possibly have technical difficulties. No, Las Vegas uh, Open is famously free of any kind of electronic or technical difficulty, but the Friendly Gaming Network is bringing you the Las Vegas Open live right here, January 27th through the 30th, all weekend long, live from the Rio in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. It's going to be a special event, as always. Uh, Danny, uh, you you felt like you had something to say for that. You what? You oh no, I was trying to leave. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I can't take this shilling anymore, John. It's too much for I mean, me. Me and Val are in like peak shill mode right now. You, just, <laughs> you have to. But this is a good shill. This is the shill yeah. that we're all shilling for. This is what we're. This is what we've been you're shilling right. all that you're right. shill. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're yeah. right. These are Val, all great events. Before we move on to this amazing video that uh, Dickie's produced, why don't you give us an nope. update? Where are we at? Uh, <laughs> no, we're not moving to the video. Open. Never got it set up. Go ahead. What? <laughs> where what are about, we at? What about it? Where, where are we, are we at? Where? Las where Vegas. We for Las Vegas Open. Yeah. Well, how is the stream coming along? Rio. What do we have planned? What, oh, man. <laughs> what can viewers expect at the Las Vegas Open if they can't make it there themselves? Uh, we are putting together a tidy little show. The, uh, the, the, the group of people involved on this thing keeps growing and growing, which is just phenomenal. So we have, uh, we have got you and Danny doing, uh, you know, whatever it is you guys do. Uh, no but idea. in all seriousness, that's going to be sort of between round content. Um, I think like in all seriousness, I think I've, I've had a fantasy that has been shared. Some might call it delusion, of like doing not just like game coverage, but like event coverage, like the tournament coverage. Mm -hmm. And I've maybe like sniffed it a few times in my streaming life, but like really never come close to what I think a, a, like a really well coordinated stream could do as far as sharing the story and the excitement of what like something like the LVO is like. So mm -hmm. we have multiple mobile cameras. We've got um, a really great, um, Danny just just yeah, he's uh, done with out. the shilling. He's like gone. <laughs> We've got we'll, we'll have the ability to basically have content all the way through the day. So that's going to be supported with like interviews uh, on the floor with games in progress. Um, uh, brought to you by John, uh, Dustin, and Seth are, are going to be there. Also doing a lot of like sort of uh, roaming reporting about games in progress. We're going to have a lot of chat interaction, which is going to be a lot of fun. Pat, we're trying to like. We're currently trying to figure out some uh, dumb things we can make our various hosts do uh, for money. Um, and then, yeah, uh, you know, in between in between rounds, we're, we're going to have actually right now, hopefully we'll have 40kstats.com supporting us with sort of a, a meta dashboard of the event. 
which was still in progress on that one. Um, but essentially so that you can see exactly how factions are performing round by round. We'll have Danny given hot takes on that uh, as, as we break. Um, they're trying to get John and Danny maybe to actually do one of the streams. John is trying to refuse. I feel like Danny could, k- could carry one, but maybe one of the morning games. It'd be fine. Oh, yeah. Be good. Yeah. See, yeah. So that's, I'm yeah known. that's when John is most powerful is in the morning. I've, I've yes. known for my competitive knowledge, for sure. Um, so I'm not, I'm, not doing a, I'm not doing a super good job of summarizing anything here, but needless to say, I'm really, really pumped. And like yeah. a lot of wonderful people are working super hard at it. It's it's uh, it's going to be at the at a very uh, at a minimum, it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. tune in. And also, also we got War Games Live doing a second table too. So if you mm-hmm. like if you like War Games Live's style and, and approach, he's going to be deal. there um, doing doing the doing his table. Uh, we'll be able to check in on that game as well. We tried to run two tables on our stream in previous years, and I think that was a bit much. So he's dedicated to one game, and we're dedicated to one game, um, and that's going to be fantastic. We have two co-streaming partners, uh, both Ooh. one in Spanish, one in French. Um, so we have multi We are now up to three, like the LVO will be broadcast in three languages, which I think is just wow. amazing. That's um, and uh And yeah, like, and, and we've got uh, some wonderful sponsors who've joined in to help us uh, make it so that people can eat. And have a place mm-hmm. to sleep, uh, which is really, really great. Um, community members and businesses have stepped up to to support the show. So, you know, like everything's lining up here. It's I think it's going to easily be, uh, you know, the biggest stream that uh, that we've ever had at the LVO, both from a like effort and I th- I think viewership will be there too. I want to oh. say this is going to be a stream like you've never seen before for Warhammer. It's not just going to be your single top-down camera looking at the table. Uh, it's going to cover the entire event. So if you are not able to be in person in Las Vegas, we're going to make you feel like you're there uh, by taking you around the hall, seeing the games, making you a part of the event, while also reporting the biggest Warhammer tournament in the world. Uh, super excited yeah. for that, uh, the 27th through the 30th. Did you uh, say super? Super, yeah. Maybe. This could be real Superman. Not saying, just saying. You never know who might show up. That's the worst. Oh, come on. Jesus <laughs> Christ. So on the plus side, we've moved from shilling to just lying. And Look. I'm, I'm, one, I'm here for it. Watch till I'm the end of the video it. to see the amazing guest appearance <laughs> from my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Which your way works out, I don't know. Uh, but hey, I, Dickie made this amazing video, guys. I'll put it up in Frontline Gaming Community um, t- tonight, tomorrow, sometime. Uh, but essentially, it's uh, showing there's a lot of foreign players coming on. There's a lot of British players coming over. Uh, LVO is an international event. Um, we'll get it next week. We'll get it next week. I was in a lot of meetings before the show. I also give you Wait, like two I minutes play- notice did- that there's a video. Did- Can you hear that on the stream? Oh my gosh, maybe? Can you? I can't hear anything. Amazing. Is it Seth with a mask? Asks Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey, no spoilers. Yes. That's a really good guess. And it goes to show like the depth of that creativity. Um, who are some, Danny, Val, you guys are uh, well aware of some of the, the players that are coming into the U.S. to take part in this. Who are some of the players to watch out for at this LVO? Who are the kind of the big foreign contenders we don't usually see? 
Oh, well, you know, people coming over from across the pond, you've got such fan favorites as uh, Thurston Updike. Um, you've got... <laughs> why is it always when I go to take a damn break? <laughs> what, why do you think I do... My timing is perfect, Don. I just wait. I just wait for you to, to, to let it drip right in your mouth, and then that's when I drop the line, John. Um, fair, fair. So uh, there's, I think we have a bunch of people coming over from England. I'm not sure what the actual list is um, of the people. I haven't even looked at like the roster for uh, for LVO. Um, but so you've been prepping hard. Uh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I've been, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> going deep, going deep on that. And that you've is his people are telling him that there are uh, what they call uh, uh, British people British coming people. to the British that's, people. Who knows? Will be yeah, who knows? Members of the diaspora, from what I understand. Well, I guess moving on to a more general question, we doesn't need specific knowledge of who's planning and going. And chat, let us know if you're planning going as well here. Um, what was it like, Danny, kind of competing against players from other countries? Because uh, that's part of the LVO experience. That's part of kind of the big tournament oh. experience. Or have you only played against American people at Las Vegas? No, definitely not. Um, oh, good. Because I was like, don't screw me over in two lines of questioning. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last year was a, I had a game against a gentleman. Um, I believe he was from France. Um, uh, he was yellow carded during our game. So <laughs> my experience, I don't know, maybe skewed. Um, I also, oh, I played two LVOs against uh, Mark Crumbleholm uh, when. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Mark's uh, awesome. So that was, yeah. Oh, great player. Uh, really fun game. Um, the orcs just took a giant shit though and lost everything to the Drukari. It was when uh, grotesques were good and grotesques are really good against orcs. So anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, great, uh, great experiences from uh, people, who, foreign players. Like you get uh, as a different perspective and maybe a different way to play the game. Um, mm -hmm. They concentrate on different things uh, potentially than maybe your local meta. So maybe you'll see a cool play style. And of course you'll get to have a new friend from across the ocean maybe. So, um, Unless you get them yellow carded, somebody. Yeah, I uh, my first LVO, my first game ever was against uh, a guy from Perth, Australia, and uh, it was seventh edition, and I wanted to win so bad. And <laughs> you competitive? And, uh, no. Oh man, I wanted to win so bad, and it was literally one of those scenarios where we were both having a really good game, and. Uh, and then it got to the end. It's like, dice down. He's like, oh, I just got a few more things. And then I could probably was like, nah, sorry, bud. No, at time, out of time. Sorry, we're just out of time. Wow. Anyway, that guy later on became like, was literally awarded a Warhammer Hero Award. So like, I completely screwed that guy wow. out of the win in my first Maybe. ever LVO appearance. Maybe uh, not we nice. need to create some Warhammer Zeros. Yeah. I'd nominate myself. I am a Warhammer Zero. I, I like the sound of maybe a Val Heffelfinger Sportsmanship Award. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to those people who clock out at LVO. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That would be amazing. Uh, we get punch. Well, I get punch because I'd have to give it to them, but still worth it. Yellow card. Um, <laughs> 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 Well, there's the kind of... incoming traffic. Look, uh, also, just to be clear, guys, this is years yeah. ago. This is long before playing with intent was established or sportsmanship or 
not letting anyone from Team Happy play in tournaments. This was like a long time ago. So it's different. <laughs> oh, Kelsey's asking, can FLG laser cut some of those awards? Um, I think they're a maximum capacity getting hundreds of tables of terrain uh, ready for, for the Las Vegas Open. Um, what advice uh, would you guys give to someone preparing to compete? This is going to be a lot of people's first uh, frontline gaming event, their first major tournament, and also maybe their first tournament experience. So how, what advice would you give uh, people preparing to compete at an event where it's out with their local meta, maybe even out with their, their, their country mates? Fel. Yeah, if your opponent is out of time and just needs to make a couple moves to win the game at the end, don't let them. Or counterpoint let them several years later they'll be a warhammer hero <laughs> the butterfly effect no that's not how that works it was the other way around my my terribleness elevated that person you know like uh, alexander fennel so if you weren't terrible they wouldn't have been elevated bingo see i'm yeah. i'm the hero in this story really i mean like <laughs> Truly deserving of the first ever Val Heffelfinger Sportsmanship Award. <laughs> Val Heffelfinger. <laughs> Danny, uh, what about you? What, is, what advice do you have someone prepping for their first experience, uh, especially at an event the size of the Las Vegas Open? Well, just uh, I think it's important to have expectations of how you want to do um, and maybe be uh, like cognizant of your limitations or maybe have a realistic goal in mind so you don't get quite so disappointed if you don't meet said goal can i um, say something controversial right now okay yeah if, if you're watching this or if you're listening to this you will not be winning the las vegas open well i wouldn't say that it's possible how about okay twenty dollar frontline gaming gift cert to the person the highest ranked itc player that identifies themselves in chat in the course of this right now twenty dollars screw that 20 <laughs> cold hard cash 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 we'll cash slip you 20 halfle fingers uh, i'll uh, give you 20 halfle fingers good oh. as currency guys is it just adam um <laughs> is adam even ranked i don't even know does he play does he play war <laughs> didn't he just win a gt a lot, for sure so that's it. Let's start. Let's start. Throw up your rankings, guys. The highest number wins. Uh, you don't have yep. to do it all. Okay. So Nurgle Matthews caught on. Yes, twenty Canadian dollars. <laughs> uh, so like, but fifteen there, bucks. There's some neat. <laughs> there, there's some neat features. I mean, we've plastic. got. It's made of plastic, which is kind of neat. It's a collector's item now. Check that the out. Sorry, John. There. Is it too fresh still for you? Is that still too? Is that? Oh, is that? Good. Is that uh, hurtful? I celebrated um, by throwing tea into a pond. Uh, excellent. So yeah, it's made of plastic. You can actually see through it. You can see through it. That's how you know it's worth a lot. It's because you can see right through it. It's pretty cool there. 20 bucks, highest ranked ITC player in chat right now. Still haven't seen anyone identify. I don't think anyone plays Warhammer that watches the show. I think that's no, probably true as well. That's Yeah, um, I will say, if, when you win LVO at your post-match interview, if you say thank you to Grim After Dark uh, for the inspiration to do this, I'll pay you $20 Canadian. Um, hey, John, yeah. I've got one yeah. more important tip for people who are... Dude, I love it. Yeah, yeah, please please go. All right, so I'd also recommend maybe taking a look and and uh, at some of the more popular armies that will probably be there because the last thing you want when you go to LVO is to get Heffelfingered out of a win by your opponent cheating. 
um, or not uh, not Using letting the rules of their advantage. I like. I don't call it che- cheating. It's playing outside of the spirit of the game. I think that's really the key. <laughs> rules is intended. Or as rules is written. Um, the the final hint, and this might seem a bizarre one. Uh, read your codex on the plane. Uh, that way, you can have a more fun table experience that isn't just flipping through pages. And people will know you're a dork, so they're oh, going to yeah. come and say hi to you. Yeah, hey, man. they couldn't already tell that you were a dork. The, the one, one of one of like the great hobby heroes, which uh, is Jeff Robinson, r- riding his riding the airplane. I think with like a Mortarian, like it was like two giant models, and he just like hand carried them to the to the event. And I was just like, that's amazing. I don't that do is. enough bench pressing. No. Uh, let's move away from some cheap shilling uh, for at least two slides. Um, okay, I'm sorry, good. one slide. Uh, James Workshop. That. James Workshop continues to be the most interesting Twitter account on the internet. Um, as we see here, he, he says, let me go down so I can see. Wonderful. We're professional. Can't sleep. So here's some James Workshop lore lost to the cutting room floor. Meet Mordheim, James's faithful familiar. So canonically, uh, James Workshop's cat is called Mordheim. Uh, guys, what are James's other pets called? Oh, out of print and uh... <laughs> OOP. Um, yeah, cool. Danny, not famously not has a lot. Rottweiler Blood Bowl. Um, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> A very elderly cat called Finecast as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very brittle. brittle. Very brittle. <laughs> that... whatever that is in cats. <laughs> um, but James Workshop, of course, we're seeing huge rise in popularity over the last year and a half. The actor who plays him does a, a tremendous job. He's also a narrator for a couple of the Black Library audio stories. Um, oh, really? But is his yeah, yeah, and he does really. He was in the uh, Go Treks one, I believe. Oh, cool. As well with um, Brian Blessed. Um, but is he is. the Go Trek one? Is he the guy who I, does those ones? I think that's Brian Blessed that did that, right? Yeah, he does Go Trek. Yeah. Uh, but he does a lot. Uh, also, guys, uh, he's also training right now to be a professional wrestler, but Ninjuri has put him to Ooh. the side, so I don't have any footage of him that I can quickly edit into funny anti games workshop videos. Um, but is his rising popularity going to cause a character to be canceled, in your guys' opinion? In a similar way that currently GW painters uh, have had their faces removed, credit removed, and we're seeing with the uh, animation side of having no credit, um, are we going to see similar things happen to this James Workshop character? It's going to be John Doe Shop. <laughs> Is the insinuation that they're going to remove his face? Yeah, or just the actor, or switch it to purely sort of like an uh, stop motion animated thing like they've done for some other things. You know... They did do, uh, like, look, KFC had a very successful marketing campaign switching up the colonel with different with different actors, and uh, that worked out for them. So if they wanted to switch the actor, I think that's fine. But they can do it in a humorous and insightful way that's fun. Yeah. Val? I mean, that was a very serious answer to a quite a silly question. Um, it was but, a fairly uh, serious this... question about creator credit. Well, I mean, wrapped in a silly statement, but nonetheless, um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's kind of wild that they even have a spokesperson uh, for mm-hmm. the first for the first part. Second of all, amazing that they knocked it out of the park with this guy so so amazingly, and in my opinion, probably likely 
that they just scuttle the whole operation because yeah. uh, they're afraid of success. That would be my guess. I, too, do like that the marketing department watched three episodes of the IT crowd and were like, that. Um, but it is a phenomenal. <laughs> But it is a phenomenal character that I super love. The actor himself is a very, very funny guy. And he wrote the single funniest Games Workshop-related joke that I have ever read. And in reply to his own two, when he was talking about his cat, he said, Mordheim was never reintroduced, despite being arguably the best idea we had. Which is just so deep and cutting. And so inside and meta that it's just, oh, I could never do anything that great. Never, never get cancelled. <sighs> could you could you Danny explain that? Could you, you Dan explain that for me? Uh, oh, exactly yeah. the layers of this onion that I'm perhaps not uh, uh, un seeing unravel. I mean, yeah. what's the joke, man? Go love some dead air. So, the joke is I literally asked you to explain yeah. the joke. <laughs> What <laughs> did you not What's understand the, the joke? You said this is you said this is the best joke I have literally ever heard, and yeah, then I, I don't understand that that where is please could you please Penny. point on the doll where the joke is? <laughs> so, <laughs> Daddy, do you want to take this one, or are you all? No, I don't. <laughs> oh my god. John, so, I suspect you don't. I'll be honest. Know I, I mean, like, there, okay, there's yeah, a joke yeah. here. <laughs> it's too deep so, for me, man. The joke is the the idea of Mordheim being a cat was really good, and they never reintroduced it, despite it being the best idea they had. It's also a reference to the game Mordheim, which was one of the best games GW ever produced, and has never been redone, despite being the best game that they ever did. At least that's not, how I read it. That I that is that is I, this joke is so like slight and subversive. You could make it probably in China and get away with it. Like it's it's mm -hmm. it's fantastic. You you that could have that be You gotta get a super chat reward at LVO for sure. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's how slight it is. Hey, let's hey. pay some bills. Let's do one more little bit of shilling. Because oh, I threw this in here. I took it. I love it. It's all good. Attention all war gamers. Are you tired of struggling to find a reliable TSA-approved case to bring your miniatures and gaming supplies on? Uh, look no further because Frontline Gaming has you covered with their brand new carry-on-approved war gaming case. It's a sturdy, high-quality case designed specifically for the needs of war gamers with plenty of room to store your miniatures, rulebooks, dice, and more. Plus, it's carry-on-approved by the TSA, so you can take it with you on all of your gaming travels without any hassle. Uh, don't miss out on this convenient and essential piece of wargaming equipment. Order your TSA Karen approved wargaming case from Frontline Gaming today and upgrade your gaming experience. Man, I ordered one of those. I love that case. It looks great. But I do have questions Is for it... you guys about it. I don't go. think it's in the yeah. web card anymore, but continue. <laughs> oh, even better. Suckers, <laughs> I got mine. It was needed. See, we needed to do that plug. Man, we're just so well prepared because now these uh, packs are great. Uh, but if suddenly, say, a month before you're due to depart for your flight, the TSA suddenly makes major changes to their rules in a way that really screws over your biggest release of the year for Frontline, um, how do you think people should respond, Danny? 
Well, clearly they should be petitioning TSA and explaining the situation, how important it is for them to be able to travel with their toys protected to the maximum level that the frontline uh, gaming arrow case allows them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you got to take the complaint directly to the source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Val, what's your opinion on GW's massive rule changes prior to LVO? Well, the kind what you know what massive rule changes were, oh, the, i'm pretty sure that nothing has changed that's what my people well, have told I'm, just, me. I'm just saying like going in uh with gw coming in with a balanced data slate and chapter uh-huh. approved and the points changes coming out right uh, and frontline choosing to move their date uh for the rules cutoff to the end Moved of it. the year instead no no no, no. it's december 31st it was different before, though, wasn't it? it no, it's was. December 31st. December 31st. What? Pardon? It I was, was say before. ABC. It was the 16th. The 16th of uh, December? January. <laughs> it was December, though, wasn't it? Guys, what you can't see right now is one person working for Frontline Gaming and one person supported by <laughs> Frontline Gaming. <laughs> and I want you to use your best opinion uh, to see see who is who. Um, so here's what here, you want yeah. my actual take on this. My actual yeah. take on this. I would love it. I think in hindsight, the date should have been December 31st the whole time. I think yep. what happened there is that Frontline has always been kind of aggressive with their rules cut off. Uh, this is this is actually various like before we had these major shifts and points changes, and especially mission pack. They used to control their own pack, so that's mm-hmm. a big difference. But before all that, like they had that two week rules cut off, which was already pretty tight. And like a, a, some big events, they're about a month out. WTC, they're saying they're going with 10th if it's released, no matter what. Um, but, you know, like it's still usually about a month. I think older events used to have sort of a list checking policy that was pretty lengthy so that people had their rules, everything was good. Frontline, I think, always was a little bit more aggressive with that cutoff. In fact, that cutoff, I think at one point didn't exist even. I might be wrong. Don't quote me. But mm. um, they could have known or assumed that that December 31st cutoff that that was sort of telegraphed. I don't know when that was. Would have been June, July, somewhere somewhere in the summer. At that point, they could have read the tea leaves there and said, hey, if we're going to be playing that mission pack, then we should probably just keep it there. Um, mm. So I think in hindsight, that's probably, I, I mean, I know my feedback will be, you know, not that I have say in anything. <laughs> this is barely the show. Uh, but, you know, my feedback, gentle feedback would be just go with, just use the use the calendar that GW provides and, you know, like pick yeah. pick what, what date on that. And mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily, because we're so used to running tournaments the same way, like every tournament sort of just has a, a groove and a rhythm. And I think sign of, kind of like GW's style of release changed. I think mostly they were hopeful to get guard in to that deadline. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was, you know, maybe things didn't fall the way they'd hoped and uh, they, they wound up sort of caught out. So I don't know. It should have probably always been December 31st. I can see yeah. how it wasn't. I'm, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Yeah, It's absolutely. tough, right? This decision, like for mm-hmm. the judges and for everyone else to make, because you're going to have people who are disappointed regardless of what decision that they make. So I think being more conservative is probably good. I think it allows uh, for, I was talking with Seth about this today. I think it allows for like some better meta analysis as well um, uh, of like what's good, what the matchups are, that kind of stuff. And so I think, th- I think from like a perspective of somebody who's probably going to be talking about it, 
it's good it's good for viewership like i think it's going to make a better to watch lvo because Mm -hmm. we kind of have an idea of who's good what's good as opposed to it being the wild wild west of kind of some untested builds and uh and that kind of thing which is also fun in a different way right yeah from from a content creator perspective i think chaos would have been a lot of fun sure um but i also would say too that like the gravity of the lvo has shifted where like when I was when I when I actually was playing before I got like before my hobby became streaming, uh, like when I was playing, like if if this had happened, I'd be pissed right now for sure, straight up. Like mm-hmm. if this was you know four years ago and I was a tryhard, like I would always want to play the rules that are most current. Yep. But like my favorite, I remember one time my favorite um, my favorite tournament that exists probably is Canhammer Team Tournament, and they were caught sort of right on one of the spring FAQs, and we played in the the preceding Adepticon meta, which was like all flying hive tyrants, eighth edition kind of stuff. So it was like a Good really time. dead meta. Like it was a right. very dead meta. Like it wasn't something remotely close to the game that it became after those rules changed. But I mean, the event was still amazing. Like I grumbled my way to it, but it was still so much fun. So like yeah. ultimately once I start rolling and games are being played, people are going to have a really good time. And it's just too bad the way that the way that the GW's calendar is, is starting to take shape and the structure that it has is new and the LVO is very old. It's been there, you know? X, 10 years. X, 10 years, in fact. As long as you have the pandemic, LVO. which we do. Which we do, yeah. Um, Until next year when we want to name it 10 again. Just yeah, we'll right. just reuse we'll the same graphics. It's we'll use the same Put it on the whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's all the seriousness from that part there. Uh, moving on, I just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit. Uh, like you guys said, I think how was of that? all of the... Chad, how was that answer? Was that answer fair? I think that's fair. That's fair, right? How are we feeling? We're feeling fair? We're fair. For all the, yeah. the bad choices there was, this was the best uh, that could possibly be done. And as Chad pointed out, the NFL doesn't change its rules halfway through the season or at the end of the season. Uh, let's finish out. Val, I, mean, I don't know. The guy almost football. died, dude. Like, let's, let's just cut him some slack a little bit. <laughs> what? Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> you didn't know that. Okay. Last Monday night, a guy almost died playing football. No, I knew that. And, but yeah. it was just the like... NFL, the NFL changed their rules because they actually just canceled that game. So, oh, like, yeah. the seeding for the playoffs was deeply impacted by that. Uh, oh, so they no, changed the rules for how you qualify. So this so is like that. It's just like a call. That was like a callback to the Mordheim uh, yeah, uh, joke. I'm, calling, I'm joke. calling back to chat here who pointed that out. Fantastic. Getting me in trouble with the boss man. Let's lighten things up a little bit then, uh, because we're getting a little serious here. Uh, tonally, this is, is a little grim uh, so far the show, regardless of the title. Um, guys, a pope died. Uh, and with yeah. it, this interesting tidbit came to my attention. Uh, on this pope Emeritus, for the record, but yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Pope Emeritus died. Uh, my favorite new factoid is that they hit dead popes on the head three times with a special dead pope hammer just to ensure they are, in fact, dead. Uh, this is a true fact. It's a very beautiful hammer. Uh, but I want to ask you guys, what weapon would be appropriate to be used on you to make sure that you're dead? <laughs> to, to make sure I'm dead? Probably a yeah. gun. A gun would do a good job. <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that Dead Pope Hammer was actually on the whiteboard when they were brainstorming names for the game back in the 80s. It's fair. Uh, it was a little, too a little bit more subtle. Yeah, it was a little too metal. <laughs> so we're sticking with 
gun. We're not going to have any fun with it. We're going to keep the dragon. No, I, I'm going to say railroad spike. <laughs> oh. Hey, you can survive that. I've seen I've seen a Ripley's Believe It or Not about you that. You could, but... Yeah, I, refer yeah, I referenced that. You could technically survive the Pope. You could survive the gunshot. People do that all the time. 50 Cent's got shot like a ton of times, dude. Like nine <laughs> times. Fine. Look, I'm not from America. I don't obviously think I could survive a gunshot. I'm like, well, it's no big deal, man. It's fine. <laughs> it depends it where you get shot, right? Depends. Depends. Great. Let's move on. We're getting dark. Dead Pope Hammer. Awesome. Way to lighten it up, John. Yeah, John, really Ch good job here. John saying. Yeah, you're welcome. It was designed by that way, by the way. Uh, uh, Mark Ford Aiden chat saying, couldn't you use guilt if Canadians don't apologize, you just die? Uh, so just being rude to you, I guess. Brutal. Or if I don't apologize for being hit with a hammer, I'm clearly dead because I would apologize yeah. in the scenario. Ooh, yeah. good it point. is true Canadians will apologize when bumped in two. Yeah, uh, that yeah. is that is a fact. I've seen it. I'm sorry, sorry, Mr. Hammer. Uh, well, okay, now it. we're actually we're gonna lighten up a little bit here. Uh, oh, we okay, actually will good. lighten up with our friends over, with our friends over at Stat Check. Uh, they've expanded into the coveted world of coaching, and Ennis no Wilson is, as their primary coach has some unique no options uh, that we can see in this next slide here. Um, I was struck by the one-hour call on the topic of choice. A bargain for only $45 that doesn't actually restrict the conversation to a specific topic. So, guys, uh, what are we talking to him about for an hour? I just I just want to know if it's a 1-900 number. Like, do those exist still? <laughs> can I just, can I just like, call and just hear his mouth sounds while he How eats something weird and Scottish? Yeah. How much do you think it would cost for him to leak, like, a codex? <laughs> $45 in like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, easy now. Uh, <laughs> let's get all hot in the rhino. Um, the, uh, the, I'm uh, sorry, I lost my train of, uh, of thought there. It's a real derailed a little bit. Is that yeah, real? Yeah, yeah. Spike. Um, <laughs> no, I just like the idea of, of Ennis Wilson ASMR. Like even yeah. just, just some like broguish breathing. That would be good. Some heavy breathing. Yeah. I could see that. Because mm -hmm. so, uh, we will pay him $45 and then do like a super cut of like the best parts. I already told what? him we cut it down in like three him? minutes. Cut. What if we paid him $45 to come on the show? That would be funny. But he did <laughs> what if we pay him time. an exposure? Yeah. <laughs> 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 No, but chat, send us some ideas. Uh, leave it in the comments below when YouTube is here. Uh, I do want to pay him $45. I do want him to talk to us about stuff. I don't want it to be anything Warhammer related. Um, Val, very solid choice with ASMR of just him eating. <laughs> or just like, like just the soundscape of his house. Like just leave his mic on. Just like, like, like just hear the like chatter in the background. His neighbors arguing through the very thin walls. Aww. You know, that kind of stuff. We're trying to lighten it up after I killed the show <laughs> through depression, and you're talking about like neighbors fighting. Um, it's Scotland. Ooh. Haven't you seen train spotting? You think it's easy? Come on, man. Literally lived there. It's. <laughs> <laughs> what, I got to spell it out for you? I thought you were Scottish here, pal. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, hey, guys, but what specific. Uh, coaching, of course, is, is a big part of 40K right now. It's where a lot of people kind of uh, make their yeah. cash. Uh, but what specific skills yeah. or areas do you think a coach uh, actually helps with in 40K? 
in a positive way. <laughs> Probably the incredible complexity and difficulty in understanding this game without dedicating your entire life to it or every waking hour and minute of it. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy game. I, I think it's a very hard skill to translate when you're not in person. Hmm. Like trying to trying to communicate how to play better to somebody without showing them, I think is difficult. So uh, I think without having some kind of a, yeah, this is my real serious yes. answer again. Sorry. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, like, tr like transmitting that information over a verbal medium without any kind of like, uh, like physical showing. I mean, it's a, it's a physical game. I think that's where you really kind of learn how to play physically. Like online, mm -hmm. it's not quite the same. I'm going to shill for a second. Ooh. Um, really and I'm going to shill. The grain of the show. I'm going to shill for a second. Art of War guys, obviously, very good at what they do. Ennis Wilson, very good at what he do, does. I need to go back and find some, I'm sure, very lava hot takes about coaching when it first appeared that I'm sure Ennis made on his various podcast lives in the past. Oh, so that's great. awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, what I was going to bring up is one I really love is actually Stephen Box's approach to coaching. Because, and yes, he does do seminars at Frontline Gaming Events. So you can sign up whenever you like. But uh, the reason why I do like his approach is like a lot of the, like the Art of War and the, I'm sure, Ennis, they're top players. And I think the presumption there is that those are for guys who are like really shooting, going to shoot the lights out. People who want to become high performing, like mm -hmm. competitive GT winning types. And I don't know. I, I think there was probably a time where I, I think that would have been appealing to me, to be quite honest. And I've actually, I, I, I was actually really in favor of the concept when it first appeared, when Nick started doing Brown Magic and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, obviously. Like, I took golf lessons, and I'm like not trying mm -hmm. to be on the PGA. You just, you, you don't want to suck right. at something that you're like putting a lot of time into. And that's why I do like Stephen Box's approach because he does not, he does not like, he doesn't come at it from you're going to win the GT. His point mm. is it, like, I think the whole point of his approach is to give you the confidence to go to a GT. And I think like, there's a lot of intimidate, like this game is we take for granted just how high the barriers to entry are on this game. Mm. Um, like literally every step of the way is arduous. And I, in a lot of ways, that's a feature, not a bug again, gatekeeping proud tradition, but the, Thing that Stephen Box's approach is is trying to get you to the tournament so that you feel confident, comfortable enough to go there and to like you know go three and two so that you you're you're there you know enough about the game and how to play it that you don't feel you know like really trapped all the time worried that you're screwing up or like ruining someone's day which is like the intimidation factor of a Warhammer tournament is real despite it I think it being very overblown so that's what I like about that particular service versus some of the others but even this I mean like. Talking to Ennis Wilson about about like your list is probably gonna if if you're not like in all of the chats that Ennis is in, it's probably gonna provide you information you didn't you didn't know if you're sure. just if you if you're a person yeah. if you're like just someone who's like enthusiastic right so Absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all no no uh, but I'd rather pay forty five dollars to hear him breathe heavily <laughs> which we will do well I'm gonna pay him forty five dollars to hear you him might eat, get both so. things. He has to eat consistently for an hour. Uh, I think that would be... It's <laughs> true. By the yes, end of the hour, it's like, ugh. Um, we're going to skip ahead here to slide 13. Uh, this is a little... What? What is going on? This is Val's $25 tier uh, ASMR. That's right. That's, that's, a little <laughs> that's, the, that's the V ASMR. 
It's very different. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, producer, we're gonna skip to slide thirteen. We're gonna skip past a couple here. It goes straight to. We're gonna skip past that one. Get out okay, of here. We're talking about, about this one. <laughs> yeah. This one? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> dice that are integral part of this game, but these dice can go to hell. Uh, Danny, what are we looking at right now in this picture? Some really cool dice, John. <laughs> they light up. You. Screw you. They're great you. dice. And you, <laughs> you are a gatekeeper for keeping people out of using these dice at a tournament. You yourself are discriminating against somebody just because they like the way these dice look. You don't know that they're hard to read. Can you can you dance playing this to me? Can you dance playing this? Yeah. What what Danny. what is so wrong with this? What's wrong? So so. Mm. Go ahead. Go. No, go. I can't read the six them. is a lot like a five. I'm not going to lie. I would read that as a five, a six most of the time. I mean, the five is a lot it, like a six. See, I can't even read. But which one is the six? The top right? Top right. Yep. These aren't bad, actually. And the ones kind of look like boobies. True. So what's the, but they're, they're different. Oh, God. Can you imagine rolling 60 of those and then looking down and be like, oh, can I reroll that one? The LED didn't go on. Like, no, these are terrible dice. <laughs> so wait, so hold on. So wait, there's batteries in these? They're they're like, they're not glow in the dark. They're, they're actually like they're illuminated? Light up. They're illuminated light up dice. Okay, John, yeah. the LED doesn't go on. So then the dice roll is invalid. Is that kind of the argument that you're making? Like, Are you telling me there's on? not one person in this gaming community who would not use that as a reason to re-roll a dice? That doesn't make I'm the dice saying, bad. That makes that person an idiot. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, anything that's got, like, a, a circuit board inside of it probably isn't balanced perfectly. Oh, yeah. So, like, that circuit I, board's on the one. Oh, God. Yeah, probably, right? Um, yeah, yeah but you so, don't like, know that. Ha, do we know anything about this? Is this no. sort of like the uh, the charity drive with a, with a hundred coats of art paint? Hard code on the uh, on the Necron that we John know John knows that they exist and therefore he hates them. That's what we know basically about them. this, and he hates well, anybody. These aren't who squig uses dice. Them. These aren't squig dice. Well, They're not even the Nurgle right. dice. The Nurgle dice. Speaking Good God, those, 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 dice, yeah. those hollow plastic Nurgle dice. They sounded atrocious. They're the loot. what? What are the worst dice? The worst custom dice GW has ever released. Oh, Deepkin. I don't what know Deepkin. I got that's deep a deep cut for me. I got to look at Deepkin. Yeah, so the old Deepkin dice are clear, so you can see the symbols through on the other side. So, like, <laughs> it's really confusing to see what you've rolled. Uh, also, the Zinch dice for for uh, the AOS Zinch uh, faction were, like, really terrible symbols. Way worse I than think... the Necron circuits. I love. I mean, the Deepkin my... dice are not only, uh, they're not only clear. Um, but they are all—they're also just squiggly lines, right. like they're squiggly lines. Was it so, the Lumineth <laughs> Realm Lords that had the dice the, that you the rolled? hexagon ones? The hexagon longs. I have those. They're not that bad. Actually, I have both of these dice sets. I'm going to be totally honest with you because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but they're not that not bad. I like those ones. They're good markers. Yeah. Um, okay, hold on. I gotta stay on the topic. Stay on the topic. My uh, Nurgle Death Guard dice that I got uh, that feel like I'm just oh there. There's oh, the, the Deepkin dice. They're so bad. Dude. 
That's brutal. That is what, impossible. To quote what you just said about those Necron dice, what's wrong with those? Well, That's really clear. Are you serious? Is it? I mean, it's quite. No. Oh, good joke. Nailed it. It's really clear. Did you see what he did there, Danny? Oh. I mean, I, let okay. me explain yeah, this. Now one. I got it. Thank you. The Sorry. The dice it took themselves me a are clear. Jeez. <laughs> the wit uh, that this man has just rapier blew me sharp. away. Oh, rape your shark. Uh, yeah, that's that's worth the third of a hotel room for sure. Um, what do you guys have any dice superstitions? Or is there yeah. anything that you, yeah, what, what are some of your dice superstitions, Danny? Don't touch a... my dice. <laughs> you get so mad, it's so funny. I just don't do it. Oh, okay. No, I actually have a bunch of them. Don't touch my <laughs> dice. Rolling one dice at a time when you could roll 20 makes me so mad. Like just single rolling dice when you don't have to. What about dramatic moments? What about dramatic moments? No, Will you accept? No, just <sighs> roll the fucking dice. I just want to like I want to move on with the game. I just want it to be done. Like, let's just roll the dice and get it over with. I don't care if there it's was there was a game where Danny was obviously just kicking my ass. Just really I'm just there's no way I'm winning this game. But I had to make a bunch of saves. So I rolled each dice one at a time. While making direct eye contact with him, and not looking at the table, he got so this is mad. This kind of shit that like, I have to deal with on a daily there, basis. John. There are some, there are circumstances where rolling dice one at a time makes sense, and in fact, I believe is important for playing outside of the spirit of the game, especially when you're playing Danny. Um, but yeah, rolling one dice at a time certainly makes sense at times, Similarity, especially uh, dramatic uh, ones. In chat, asking us uh, to lick your finger and touch Danny's dice. People just have to do that now. Gross. Um, what kind of uh, super chat reward is that to just lick Danny's dice? Touch Danny's dice bag? Yeah. $40. <laughs> touch Danny's dice game. That's a moist finger, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> you, get to, you get to fire a Heffelfinger into Danny's dice bag for 40 bucks. I mean, it writes itself. We didn't even need chat GPT for that. No, that was good, though. We should have, we really should have this episode. Um, <laughs> okay, Josh, Josh Neal in the chat saying Danny has taken my dice to roll the hypocrisy. Yeah, so I have no regard for other people. I will pick up your <laughs> dice if I think you're rolling hot and roll your dice just to, oh. just to jinx them if I can. I will absolutely do that. It's some of that clammy Danny yep. palm on there. Nice, chill them on out. Uh, we got one more thing we're going to touch on. I really want to do because I spent a long time making this here. And it's a very quick thing. So, so don't worry, guys, here. But we're going to skip to slide 15 uh, to show that when Angron was announced, uh, Games Workshop released this graphic here uh, showing uh, the guardsman meter or uh, how many guardsmen each Primarch could kill in one turn of combat. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts on the increasing lethality of Primarchs? So you're asking me why Angron can kill more guys than Mortarian? Is no, that, I'm just is saying that about, the question? I'm asking you the, the increasing lethality of, of Primarch. So kind of because it's showing you. Yes. Angron can kill more guys than like any Primarch. It's just, I think this is just a coincidence, obviously, the release schedule here. I don't think there's a just, ramp up of lethality uh, or like <laughs> any kind of like. Uh, I just, uh, I mean, the inflation on the these statistics are just so alarming that I just got to know when will the Bank of England step in? I mean, is this yeah. this is madness? I mean, regular people, 
they're not going to be able to roll that many dice. They can't afford that many Idenith Deepkin dice to, to roll out Angron's attacks. The batteries on the dice alone, just ridiculous. But True. Uh, we hear Grim, uh, a listener suggested that they wanted to use this metric more. And so guys, I'm going to ask you, what is the guardsmanometer total uh, for a couple of people? We're going to start here uh, with this first guy in this next slide. It's the Lord mm -hmm. of Iron, the Breaker, the Hammer of Olympia, the Traitor Demon Primark, Perturabo. Uh, what's his guardsmanometer? From shooting or combat? I don't think I was specific. Okay. All right. I'm going to say 15. 15. Quality. Val? You know, is this like Price is Right rules? Yeah, it sure is. One dollar. Oh. One guardsman. Mm, yeah. You're both wrong. Zero because he's a little bitch. Damn Next that. slide. <laughs> Next slide. Yeah, the well, I'm, 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 I'm panicking. I laughed at your joke. It was, I'm surprised. I was shocked. <laughs> our next is our guest. It's the great angel, the brightest one, beloved Primarch of the Ninth Legion, Sanguinius, shown here in his natural pose of being dead. What's yeah. his guardsman meter total? You first. I mean. Uh, I mean, uh, what? Do, I can't even. How many does Angron kill? Like thirty, twenty. I'm gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go a two four. We're gonna go two four on that one, bud. I'm gonna go zero because he's dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Danny, you you you've got that one right. He is yes. dead, and he will not come of back. Course. My my oh. failure to. My lack of knowledge of the lore really shining in this contest here. <laughs> but you were closest uh, for uh, Perda Rappa. So thankfully, we're 1-1 one, one each with our last tiebreaker here. Uh, guys, what is the guardsman meter for our third choice? We're going to go 4 one Mike Brad. <laughs> how, many, uh, how many guardsmen does Mike Bratton kill in a single round? Oh man! For that photo, by the way. <laughs> if if Mike goes second, all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I have to go with all of them because he can just delay the codex indefinitely, right? I'm pretty sure he, he, he's, oh, yeah, he's got that kind true. of pull. He's, he could just well at his own events, right? He could just eliminate them entirely. It's true. Got him. Incredible. True. Got, got him. him. The correct answer is, of course, six. No, oh, that, is that is all bad. the time. That's guys. That's all the time we have for today's episode of. Grim oh, After thank Dark. God! Thank you for joining us as we explore the grim darkness of the forty-first millennium and beyond. We started well, it's rocky in the middle, but we brought it on <laughs> home. All right. Uh, remember to to like and subscribe. Follow us on social media. We are now on TikTok. Uh, make sure we're more popular than Adam Camilleri. Uh, yeah. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Already said that. Till next time, stay safe, stay warhammered, and remember, it's pretty grim after dark. And we're clear. All right, now this is a bit now. I, I didn't mind mute myself again. Thanks everyone for coming out to the show. That was a lot of fun. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>